Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific, Mikoroi Hawkins. Coming up first. The services volcano watch team said there had been two eruption events in the previous 24 hours. Some of the big stories making headlines around the region. Also, we look at which leaders are representing Pacific Island countries in the UK for Queen Elizabeth's funeral. And we tell a nod to Felicity Roxburgh about New Zealand's efforts to strengthen ties with the French Pacific. To try to, I guess, deepen the connections between New Caledonia, French Polynesia and Wallace and Petuna. In Nauru, mobile voting got underway this morning and will continue in the lead-up to next week's election. Voters can use mobile voting for six days until 6pm on polling day, which is September the 24th. The list of candidates for each of the eight constituencies are available on the government website and Facebook page. Voters in hospital and in prison will be automatically included onto the mobile list. Proxy applications for the election will close on September the 23rd at 7am local time. The Tonga Geological Services says eruptions of Tonga's home reef volcano have slowed. Christina Persico reports. In a public notice issued about 10.40am local time, the services volcano watch team said there had been two eruption events in the previous 24 hours. This compared to nine eruptions in the 24 hours prior to that. The team says this is the ninth day of the home reef lava flow eruption since September the 10th. It says there is low risk to aviation and to the residents of Vava'u and Ha'apai. However, mariners are advised to stay four kilometres away until further notice. The leader of New Caledonia's Pacific Awakening Party says it's vital to determine whether the territory's next status will be permanent or transitory. Milakula Tukumuli made the comment on television as political leaders prepare for talks in Paris next month, which were called after last week's ministerial visit to Numea. RNZ Pacific's Jan Kohol reports. Mr Tukumuli says the result of the referendums, all of which were against independence, mean undeniably that New Caledonia is to be within the French Republic. He says there is equally a constitutional and international right to self-determination. Mr Tukumuli, whose party represents Wallaceans and Futunans and holds the balance of power in Congress, says the question is how the wish for independence can be reconciled with the wish to remain with France. Paris will hold bilateral talks with both pro- and anti-independence parties, which are to be followed by three-party negotiations. Both New Caledonian camps have said they want a permanent status. A number of Pacific leaders from Commonwealth member states are among the thousands of foreign royals, world leaders and UK public figures attending the state funeral of Queen Elizabeth II who passed away last week in Scotland. Susanna Suiswiki has more. Some of the Pacific leaders confirmed to be present at Westminster Abbey this evening are King Tupo VI of Tonga, Samoa's Head of State Tuimaleli Ifanova Alitosua Lauvi II, Governor-General of Solomon Islands David Vunagi, Papua New Guinea Prime Minister James Marape, Fiji's Prime Minister Frank Bainimarama, Cook Islands Prime Minister Mark Brown, Niue Premier Dalton Tangilangi and Tuvalu's Prime Minister Kausia Natano. 
Leaders and representatives from Solomon Islands, PNG, Samoa and Tuvalu flew into the UK with Australia's Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, while New Zealand provided travel assistance to the Cook Islands anywhere. The funeral, expected to be attended by 2,000 guests, will take place at Westminster Abbey in London at 10 o'clock New Zealand time. Also this evening, a mass will be held in French Polynesia in memory of Queen Elizabeth II at the Cathedral in Papaete. It's timed to take place shortly before the state funeral starts in London. Earlier, Cook Islands Prime Minister Mark Brown announced that the Cook Islands will mark the passing of Queen Elizabeth II with a national memorial service and a one-off public holiday on Friday, September 30th. New Zealand is looking to strengthen economic and political ties with the French Pacific Territories as it marks 50 years of diplomatic relations with New Caledonia, French Polynesia and Wallace and Fortuna. The Consul General of New Zealand for the French Territories, Felicity Roxburgh, is based in Noumea. She was appointed to the position in June last year and has just recently made her first visit to French Polynesia. Felicity Roxburgh told RNZ Pacific reporter Jan Kohout this year marks 50 years since New Zealand opened its consulate and 80 years since there was a New Zealand military presence in the French Pacific during World War II. So globally speaking, my job is to try to, I guess, deepen the connections between New Caledonia, French Polynesia and Wallace and Fortuna with New Zealand. So those are the three French territories in the Pacific. Um, the consulate is in New Caledonia, but we cover also the other two French territories. So we cover also French Polynesia and Wallace and Fortuna from New Caledonia. Um, so Numea is ge- geographically the closest market to New Zealand, um, and it's an important source of tourists and students. From Auckland, you can fly to Numea faster than Sydney. We're closer than Sydney here. Um, and French Polynesia is an important market for our goods. It's usually our second largest export market so in the Pacific. So New Caledonia and French Polynesia are often you know, second and fourth or third and fifth largest markets in the Pacific. This year is 50 years since New Zealand opened a consulate in Numea. Um, and it's also 80 years since the New Zealand military presence, which was here during World War Two, which is, was notably in Bohai, which is about two hours north um, north of Numea. So there's a lot of history here to the relationship as well. So my job is, I guess, to try and deepen those connections and take our relationship with the French Pacific Territories to the next level economically and politically. You were saying just before you talked to the local media quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, there is an interest in the French Pacific in New Zealand. So when things happen in New Zealand, it will make the local news. Um, Particularly in French Polynesia, they have a sort of deep affection for New Zealand. And also they import a lot of goods from New Zealand. So I guess there's um, there's topics like that often make the local news. Hmm. Quite a high interest, yeah. I was quite surprised to find out end of August was your first time visiting French Polynesia. How come it took so long? Well, we haven't been since 2020, um, primarily because of COVID and because of the borders being closed. Um, and after that, there were a few other reasons why it wasn't the right time to go. There was the what they call the legislative elections in French Polynesia. So this was my first accreditation trip since I've been here a year. Um, normally, the New Zealand consulate in New Caledonia would visit French Polynesia at least twice a year. 
um, Wallace and Fatuna we tend to visit uh, less often because there's, uh, I guess, less engagement. We have some small development projects in Wallace and Fatuna, so we visit to check on those and um, to see what the political situation is in Wallace and Fortuna. Um, but also there's only one flight a week, so it means when we go, we go for a whole week. Um, so that tends to have, I guess, budget and time and resource implications. But in any case, I was thrilled to go this time. It was a great pleasure for me to visit French Polynesia, um, where they have a kind of deep well of affection for New Zealand um, and where there's lots of work for us to do in terms of strengthening that political and economic relationship. Uh, would you say that um, bilateral links with French Polynesia are much stronger than those with other territories due to like tourism, um, especially that indigenous culture connection, you know, that Polynesian. I, um, I was hearing like um, Maohi language in Te Reo and how close it was. So would you say it's it's closer to, to New Zealand, French Polynesia? I mean, I think traditionally that that's been the case. Um, as you say, there's the Polynesia connection, there's trade, there's tourism, they're also an important um, source of um, students for New Zealand, and there's a lot of papa links, you know, so Tainui, that when I was there, they showed me the, the outlet where Tainui left um, in their waka to come to New Zealand. Um, but there is a healthy interest in New Zealand as Numea, in Numea as well, um, particularly as a tourism destination, but there's also an interest in our treaty settlements process and in the role of Tititi in New Zealand society today. So I think traditionally the, there might have been um, a bit more in common with French Polynesia, but there is um, a big appetite at the moment to do more with New Zealand uh, in New Caledonia as well. And how important is France's presence in the Pacific in relation to New Zealand? Well, France is an important partner for New Zealand in the Pacific, and it's one with whom we share the same values, particularly around democracy, good governance and the rule of law. We do have very good, useful cooperation, practical cooperation with France, particularly on humanitarian and disaster risk reduction. So we have an agreement called France. This is the France, Australia and New Zealand um, coordination mechanism, and we use that to respond collectively to disasters. So we did have some contact through France following the volcanic eruption in Tonga earlier this year. We also cooperate in climate change mitigation, biodiversity projects. Um, there's an initiative that we have with France called Kiwa. And we also have some contact between our defence forces, so um, particularly things like patrolling our EEZ and combating illegal fishing. So these are areas where our interests very much align with those of France in the Pacific. And talking about, obviously, France's Indo-Pacific strategy that is now boosting forces coming down, having more military exercises, and especially that importance in New Caledonia. How, how is New Zealand's position in all this? I mean, I would just say we, we, we will continue with the good cooperation that we do have. Um, many of the areas of, the, of France's Indo-Pacific strategy are reflected in our own Pacific resilience strategy. So, for example, the effects of climate change and the importance of trade in the region, these are things that are across both of the strategies if you put them next to each other. But I think, you know, the, the cooperation through France and the Kiwa agreement are going to be the sort of key tenants of our, um, of our work with France in this part of the world.
We finish on some weekend sports news. The final quarterfinals match of the Oceania Under-19 Football Championships is underway in French Polynesia between Vanuatu and the hosts Tahiti. Three teams had already qualified through to the semi-finals at the time this program was broadcast. Fiji, who beat Samoa for one, New Zealand after a 5-0 trouncing of Papua New Guinea, and New Caledonia, who scored first and were able to hang on to their lead to edge out Solomon Islands 1-0. In the semi-finals, Fiji will be taking on New Caledonia and the reigning champions New Zealand will take on the winner of this evening's match between Tahiti and Vanuatu. You can get the latest updates on these match results via the OFC website, oceaniafootball.com. Meanwhile, over the weekend in Suva, Fiji, New Zealand defeated reigning champion Solomon Islands 6-2 at the Oceania Futsal Cup final. It's the first time New Zealand has won the competition The Solomons have won the last two tournaments and have won it six times in all. The Futsal Whites' Rahan Ali got three goals in the space of two minutes. Marlon Sia and Benjamin Mana scored two goals for the Solomons before New Zealand took the lead after the break. Vanuatu won the plate section with a 4-3 victory over Fiji, surviving a wild final ten minutes which saw four goals scored. Vanuatu had recorded an impressive one-all draw against New Zealand in the group stages. The competition in Suva comprised eight teams from seven countries. And finally, in cricket, Vanuatu have secured their second consecutive qualification at the ICC Men's T20 World Cup EAP Regional Final. Held in Port Vila, the competition including Fiji, the Cook Islands and Samoa was the first international men's tournament to be hosted in Vanuatu since 2005 and also the first ever T20I on a hybrid wicket. Vanuatu finished top of the table with five wins from six matches and moved one step closer to ICC Men's T20 World Cup 2024 qualification. The host will join Papua New Guinea, the Philippines and the winner of the sub-regional EAPB qualifier at the regional final in 2023. Player of the tournament was awarded to Cook Islands captain Mahara Ave, who scored 290 runs from six at an average of 72.50, Fiji and Samoa also played well throughout the qualifier and have plenty of positive points to take home. Fijian Seru Morutu Tupo topped the wicket-takers list with 10 dismissals across five matches at an impressive economy rate of 6.37. All eyes now turn to Japan, who play host to Indonesia and South Korea at the ICC Men's T20 World Cup sub-regional EAPB qualifier between the 15th and 18th of October. The winners will book their final spot at the ICC Men's T20 World Cup EAP Regional Final in 2023. Thank you, Tomas, for Here to Come Law Pacific Waves. Remember, you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Look at me for next time more.